Today on the Zabecast, who doesn't love a good parade? And the Eagles put on a doozy Thursday. I got the sights, the sounds, and some thoughts. Notorious J-A-Y is our guest. He'll explain why Kevin Hart is the Black Dane Cook, plus tale of the tape between Jennifer Lawrence and Margot Robbie. All that plus the latest from the emotional support pet war on our airlines. You've got an hour to kill, then buckle up and let's go. Oh, here we go. There is an old cliche in sports from baseball lore. You can't tell the players without a program or a roster or a score sheet or something like that. I am sure it was from when there were literally no names on backup player jerseys and you would not know who they were. Well, that cliche applies to the Cleveland Cavaliers after their Thursday NBA trade deadline spree in which they sent six guys packing, brought four more guys in, And they're going to say, okay, LeBron, why don't you make chicken soup out of this? All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the ZabeCast on a glorious Thursday, Feb 8, 2018. Another late release for this. I'll get back to an earlier schedule of releases next week on the ZabeCast. So, here we are. LeBron stays just about everybody else. Get out. That was the word from Cleveland on Thursday. I don't care about going over the particular players. I think I know some of the names, most of the names. I've heard of them vaguely. I'm not a super supreme basketball, pumpkin head, advanced analytics guy. All I know is none of the guys that the Cavaliers acquired are difference makers, and none of the guys they gave up are either. So, Really, did the Cavaliers do much other than just get a guy in Isaiah Thomas out of their locker room that apparently everybody hated? The answer is probably not much. They did keep their 2018 draft pick that they got from Boston, which is the Nets' unprotected first-round pick, which could be the number one pick of the draft. So at least they held on to that. But otherwise, this is still a long shot. This is still the Cavaliers saying to LeBron, okay, here's a bunch of young guys. Go ahead and see if this energizes you and try to figure out how to play with all of them and then try to figure out how to incorporate Kevin Love, who they also kind of don't like, back into the lineup once he comes back from his broken hand. And the two old geezers, Dwayne Wade gone, he gets to go back to Miami to retire, and then Derrick Rose shipped out to Sacramento. He may not play a single game for Sacramento before getting bought out. So this is how it's going to be for the dying days of LeBron James and the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference. And I do believe it's the dying days. I don't think there is much chance of him staying next year, although I wouldn't rule it out. It just seems to me like the stage is set. And with the the Lakers side of things, they acquired enough cap room and flexibility now that they could theoretically add two max contracts this coming summer. And one of those would, of course, be LeBron James. And the other one is, who knows, Paul George, who wants to go to L.A. as well. Hard to believe that LeBron James will not be a Laker this time next year. And if you think he doesn't want to put up with Lonzo Ball and his Meshuggah dad, then fine. They'll they'll trade Lonzo Ball. They'll say, get out. 
and they'll just go with LeBron James and whoever he wants. But let me go back because I remember when this trade went down and it was a late summer trade after free agency had already run its course that Kyrie Irving finally spoke up and told the Cavaliers, I want out, like now. And they pretty much you know, bent to his demands and they traded him to Boston for, I guess, what was the best deal they could have got at the time, given that it was late in the cycle. And they did get that first rounder, which is unprotected from the Nets in this coming summer's draft. But the trade otherwise was a debacle. I mean, it was one of the worst trades ever that they not only ship out, you know, uh, Isaiah Thomas today, but they shipped out Jay Crowder. And Jay Crowder was one of those component pieces that all of the basketball nerderati loved. I'll read to you from this recap. Kevin Pelton, ESPN.com. Jay Crowder might be the difference. Crowder, a perfect fit on the Cavaliers as a 3 and D contributor. That's shoot threes and play some defense. Making just over $22 million the next three seasons is far more than just a throw-in. In terms of net value, he's the best asset Cleveland received in the deal. Coming in ahead of the 2018 Nets first-round pick, he has a higher projected RPM than Irving and Thomas. Uh, what is RPM? I don't know. They have a graphic here with Jay Crowder, and it says RPM. 2017-2018 RPM, Jay Crowder, plus 3.1. Kyrie Irving's RPM, plus 1.5. Isaiah Thomas, plus 1.4. Well, uh, Crowder is the, wow, what a get. Casual, more casual NBA fans like me said, eh, whatever, Crowder. No one's going to be singing the praises of Jay Crowder being the difference in any series other than just making a few plays here or there, being a component guy, come the playoffs. Not a difference maker. He was shipped out in the purge. The purge, Cleveland, on Thursday at the deadline. Other analysts who follow the NBA closely and maybe way too much praised the Cavaliers' end of this trade. Headline, Colin Ward-Henninger, CBSSports.com. Cavs make out like bandits in Kyrie Irving-Isaiah Thomas deal. The Cavs made out like bandits. Uh, no, not exactly. This one from SI.com, grading the draft. Cavaliers, A+. Oh, they also got Ante Zizic. The Cavaliers did. An exciting young European big man in the deal. A+, they graded. uh, Let's see, who was this for SI.com? This would be the crossover and the bylines by Rohan Nadkarni. Nadkarni. A-plus for the Cavaliers, Celtics, B. So they all got the trade very wrong, as did their new GM got things very wrong. And at this point, the Cavaliers had to scrape back whatever they could. Let's see if it works out. I am dubious. As for Isaiah Thomas, he'll be a free agent at the end of this year, so he'll go and I guess pick a team. That likes him. He's not healthy. I think that's pretty evident. Not moving around like he once did. Not as explosive. That hip injury was a devastating injury. He probably came back from it too quick. He also loves the basketball. His agent said, look, LeBron James, that's his team. He has the ball. My client, Isaiah, he is a ball-dominant guard. Well, Shrimpy McShooter, who is probably Brad Stevens' 
best ever project will probably now slink back into being a novelty player in the NBA unless maybe he changes his game or realizes he's not that good. He also has to get healthy as well. I got nothing against Isaiah Thomas, but I always thought he was overcooked from the start. On to the Eagles parade today. Parades are amazing things. They're amazing because lots of people show up. They stand around shoulder to shoulder, ass to dick, and nothing happens. I mean, something happens. Things go by. A marching band, some drum majorettes, a big float of Snoopy. Or in this case, your world champion, Philadelphia Eagles, with the Lombardi Trophy on top. When I say nothing happens, I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm saying it's sort of a testament to the magic of the moment that so many people would show up just to see the Lombardi Trophy being held aloft at the top of bus as it goes right down Broad Street, the very beating heart of the city, the sports city that is Philadelphia. I listened to WIP's coverage as I was driving into work today, and I was just kind of mesmerized because they pretty much put on a loop the same eight or nine comments. Wow, this is amazing. Man, this place is packed. What a vibe it is. Gee, isn't this great? And just loop, repeat, loop, repeat. I listened to it the whole time. Couldn't turn away. It's not even my team. I hate those assholes. I listened the whole time. I listened, of course, I dreamed that someday my Redskins would have such a parade. But I appreciated the fact that they were turning out absolutely in massive numbers for this parade. Early estimates are 700,000 people, which is a number that I think some will be disappointed in saying, no, 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 man, I was there. Had to be 3 million. Like, I heard 3 million as a number. No, not 3 million. Even the Million Man March on the mall in D.C., which was a very controversial story when the Park Service estimated it and said it was like 800,000. Also, of course, Trump proclaiming his inauguration was the biggest in history, way bigger than Obama's, and aerial photographs clearly proved, ah, no, definitely not. It's funny how people get all touchy about crowd size. doesn't matter. The the aerial photographs of the parade, the parade route, uh, Ben Franklin Square or Ben Franklin Circle or whatever that thing is, the Rocky Steps, would have been cool if, by the way, they had... There was some rumor that you know Sly Stallone was going to come out as Rocky and run up the steps. Now that, can you imagine as the Eagles are just starting to wind up their speeches, that out of nowhere, with a police escort running down Broad Street in a gray sweatsuit, Sylvester Stallone as Rocky with the music blaring, place would have been on tilt. Didn't happen, or at least I didn't see it. What did happen, though, was some great signs along the way. One sign read, Big Dick Nick, number one, with a giant, this was on a sheet. This was on a bed sheet, so imagine about eight feet by eight feet wide. (laughs) Somebody would just black spray paint, spray painted a dick. Big Dick Nick, number nine, and then it was actual size, and they pointed an arrow at the little crudely drawn penis. Two young girls had lip tattoos that they showed off. And the inside of their lip, it said, Big Dick Nick. 
The two of them. Oh, yeah, lip tattoos inside your lip, like your livestock or something like that. It's, uh, I saw uh, one time at Hooters, my boy One Account and I, I had a waitress who was a big Redskin fan. We were talking Redskins, and she's like, look at this here. And it said, I think, hail to the Redskins inside her lip. Gah! Their parents must be very proud. Please, God, don't ever let any of my daughters come home with a lip tattoo. Then there was Jason Kelsey with a five-minute speech that is going straight to the World Wrestling Hall of Fame. Here's a 50-second snippet of Kelsey in full mummer's garb. And don't ask me to explain what the mummers are, because I can't. It's more complicated and obscure than Bitcoin, but you can do your own research on that. It's a Philly tradition. Here is Jason Kelsey, their center, in full mummer's garb with a five-minute rant for the ages. I'm going to give you 50 seconds is all you need. When Doug Peterson was hired, he was rated as the worst coach hired. By a lot that's, of that's a real Philly thing. Hired in the media. This oh. past offseason, some clown named Mike Lombardi. Oh, he did. He named told him. him that he was the least qualified head coach in the NFL. You saw a driven Doug Peterson, a man who went for it a fourth and down. Went for it up fourth and down in the Super Bowl. Fourth and down. It wasn't playing. Playing just to go mediocre. He's playing for a Super Bowl. And it don't stop with him. It does not stop with him. Jason Peters. And he went on and on like that for quite some time. And it was a hell of a speech. I, I give him credit for that. It had to be bleeped out. I believe the NFL Network pretty much dropped out the audio for as much as a minute at a time because of all the F-bombs. That was not the only sound regarding the Eagles that shook loose yesterday. Or today, I should say. This is the first time I've seen it. Jennifer Lawrence, who will come up later on in this podcast with myself and Jay comparing her to Margot Robbie. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Pennsylvania girl, Philly girl in Silver Linings Playbook. I think she's from Pennsylvania. She was in the movie, whatever. She's now an Eagle fan. Uh, she decided to get on the speakerphone on a commercial flight, uh, a Delta flight from New Orleans to L.A., and uh, decided to say, okay, let's get a chant going. Here we go. Now, at this point, first of all, that is not the chant. I mean, maybe there could be a chant that I'm unaware of, which is a simple fly, eagles, fly, in a dead monotone like that. Either you're going to sing the song, fly, eagles, fly, or you're not. So she kind of botched it in that regard. And as the phone, the camera phone turns, of course, it's vertical video. God, the scourge of vertical video. As the phone turns to the rest of the passengers, most of them are sort of like, great. Fly! Eagles, fly! There's a colonial woman on the plane. She's wearing... (laughs) And at that point, the phone cuts off. 
because one of the flight attendants says, ma'am, 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 you can't do that. She's lucky she was not tased to within an inch of her life. More on Jennifer Lawrence coming up in the podcast. This is the podcast. More coming up in just a second. I also heard, just as one last thought, speaking of great speeches like Kelsey and and whatnot, um, I heard a, a number of the personalities and former Eagles like John Ritchie on WIP saying, I believe they've got a good shot, or even I bet the Eagles will win another one in four years. And I just said, man, oh man, careful. The gods of sports are fickle and cruel. And as Al Swearingen once said in Deadwood, announcing one's plans is a great way to hear God laugh. So I would have tread a bit more lightly on that. And speaking of Al Swearingen, I couldn't find that bite, but I got the next best thing. Deadwood is an acquired taste. It only lasted three seasons on HBO. It was a cult hit. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. It's something that you have to let yourself get into, given the language and the very sophisticated speechifying that goes on in it, combined with the brutality of the Wild West back in the day. But Ian McShane, who, who plays the lead character in the show, saloon owner Al Swearingen, real person historically, oh, by the way. But McShane's take as Al Swearingen, the character in Deadwood, was so good, there are so many rants that he goes on, so many diatribes, so many sort of mini monologues. And I'm telling you that Al Swearingen was one of the great philosophers, one of the great TV philosophers of all time. And here's his take on taking a beating in life and getting up and going on. Why ain't you up and running again? I'm in despair. The physical damage is repairable, but the psychic wound may be permanent. Newspaper publisher. You ever been beaten, Merrick? Once, when I thought I had the smallpox, Doc Cochran slapped me in the face. (laughs) He just cracks him across the face. Stop it, Al. Stop it, Al. Are you dead? Well, I'm in pain, but no, I'm obviously not dead. And obviously you didn't fucking die when the doc slapped you. No. So including last night, that's three fucking damage incidents that didn't kill you. Pain or damage don't end the world. Or despair or fucking beatings. The world ends when you're dead. Until then, you got more punishment in store. Stand it like a man and give some back. Now that is some life advice. I wanted to give J. Cole a funky new opening walkout music. Say hello to Vehicle by the Ides of March, Jay. You like it? I actually do like this one. It's a great song, isn't yes. it? Yes. A lot of commercial run for this. I got turned back onto this song because Aloe Black used the hook in the song King is Born, which was a song that was done 
for the Mayweather-McGregor fight. Aha. And they used it as the song that is on the montage of the college football year-end montage, which, by the way, did you see that at the end of the Alabama game? I the Al- think I was so disgusted at Alabama one, I tuned out. Oh, okay. Because here is the you know version from Aloe Black. It's a great tune, by the way. And the montage, which you have to see, is incredible. It has every great play from college football this year. And what is this? What is who am I looking for? Aloe again? Black. Ever heard of him, Jay? I have not. Black. <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> I have not. You've never heard of Aloe Black? No. The remember the Russell Wilson Beats commercial where he's riding into the stadium. Yes. And there's the song, I forget what it is about, like, I don't hear you or whatever. Yes. That's Aloe that... Black. Okay. All right. Yeah. So here, use the hook. Like a beast in the jungle, in the heat of the rumble. Huh. And with that, we say hello this week to the notorious J.A.Y., producer of the Brett Hollander Experience on WBAL in Baltimore. Hello, Jay. How are you? How are you doing, Zabe? How was your uh, Super Bowl Three or four days. Oh, the trip was awful. Thank you for asking. Awful? Uh, Whoa. Yeah, of course it was awful. Let's count the ways. One, it was freezing cold. Ding. Two, the Eagles are now world champions, and that can never be changed. Ding. Three, my team is as far away as ever. Ding. And number four, I come home to a discussion of how are we going to do some miracle tag and trade on Kirk that will bump us up from a compensatory third to maybe a second under the most wild of you know, scenarios. That's what I come up. So that's the summation of my trip. Stink, stank, stunk. But the people of Minnesota were wonderful. So thank you for their hospitality. Did you go to Manny's? I went to Manny's on Church's Dime, oh, by the way. And it was unbelievable. How do you know about Manny's? Is it because I've I've seen it on on the Food Channel. That's like the greatest. Was it the best steak you ever had? It was, yes, it was, although wow. the gradations of fine steak are so minute. Who can really tell the difference? Is it better than the palm? I think it's the same. Okay, all right. I, I know that's probably blasphemous, but I, I would say it's probably the same. You put some salty seasonings, you sear the outside, you let the middle get nice and pink or however you like it, and it's steak. And, you know, $125 later, you're like, what happened there? Oh, that's right, a big meal happened. Did you ale the game? No, stayed to the very end. Thank you for asking. And you had to. I uh, didn't have to. You never have to. You can always leave early. <laughs> you never have to. This is not Russia, Danny. Is it Russia? <laughs> no. You can leave the game early. Since I, I didn't pay money, you know, everyone in the stadium paid several thousand dollars, I'm sure, except for those who had comp tickets and media passes. Uh, and they paid a lot of money, so of course they stayed. I did not, though. I was going to text you at halftime because I was going to say, you're ailing right now. Yeah. But you did not. No, it, it wasn't that bad because the game ended at like 940 almost. It really, Central. Yeah, 945. I think it ended before 10, which is pretty good considering the longer halftime of 20 minutes or 22 minutes instead of 12. And I was on the media bus back to the hotel and back in my hotel room before 11 p.m. Okay, like a couple quick questions before we get into it. Uh, thoughts on Pink singing the national anthem? I love Pink. She's one of my favorites. She slays it. She supposedly had the flu and still belted it and knocked it out. That said, I was told by uh, super fan Deb Wagner in Seattle, a.k.a. the crazy cat lady, a.k.a. Russell Wilson's uh, secret side dish, that 
she is she purports to be a vocal teacher in her spare time. Mm-hmm. And she says that none of those performances are actually live. They are all lip synced. And no matter the fact that Pink took a lozenge out of her mouth prior to belting out the anthem, she insists that it was actually lip synced. Okay. Well, that may be a little crazy, but okay. Uh, by the way, my only problem with And Pink- by the way, Leslie Odom Jr., unbelievable. Oh. Someone. Yes. And he, he's always unbelievable. I, uh, the Bob and Brian did not know yesterday that he does these commercials for Nationwide. They're like, what? He's the Nationwide. Huh? Yes. The Nationwide guy. Yes. yes. And so I, I played a couple of his ditties. And when Leslie Odom Jr. sings a fucking commercial, it's glorious. You want to, you sit there with your chin in your hands going, sing some more. Man, you were tapping. What a you, voice. You were bebopping like a, like a jazz guy from the 50s. <laughs> Now I, I was he's just got an impeccably yes. perfect voice. Pink, my only problem with Pink. No okay. longer has pink hair, yet she still calls herself Pink. You gotta commit if you're gonna call yourself Pink. I you're guess always, so. You always but gotta be pink, but she's awesome though. Well, but she's she's grown. She has she's, she's matured now. She's a mommy. She no longer sings all of the F-bombs in her various songs at concerts. Did you know that? I did not know that because her daughter could be there and she didn't want to hear mommy sing that. Yeah, although, wait a minute, hold on a second. Actually, she did, this is how big of a pink nerd I am. So I've watched both of her concert album DVDs, (laughs) the one Funhouse from Down Under in Australia, and then the Truth About Love one mm. as well. Mm-hmm. And in the first one, the Fun House, it was all the f bombs, you know, uh, you know, leave uh, leave me alone, I'm lonely, and all the you know, just leave me the fuck alone, that kind of line. She would say all those those bad words. And then in the second version, she would drop those out and let the crowd sing that expletive, saying she was a mom. But her most recent songs <laughs> include things like "Slut Like You." Which Ooh. has some very mature lyrics. Okay, I'll fuck you. A little taste test. Yada, How yada, yada. How many pink songs do you have on your iPod? I got a lot. Oh. I'm not going to lie. I got I'm a not, lot. I'm, I'm shocked by that. Okay. Are you really? What about now, you? None. I have none. Well, that's fine. I, how about Justin Timberlake? Don't have any on my iPod, although I am, I am pro Timberlake. I, I love Justin Timberlake. Might, might, be my, might be my favorite white person. <laughs> really? Yes. You know, we just talked yesterday about how some accused him of cultural appropriation. No. Because no. of his cornrow period and his do-rag period and his dancing and his using of black extras and singers in his stage shows and the fact that some believe that he left Janet Jackson out to dry following Nipplegate. And- well, that did happen, but he's... <laughs> I forgot that. I mean, he's hes a cool white dude. Okay. He's a cool white dude. One of dude. the coolest I like, white dudes I around. like JT. Even yeah. though he did have a little thing with... He and Prince kind of had, had, a, little, had, had a little beef. Uh, that, exactly right. Exactly right. And some were like, how dare he do the tribute to Prince. Prince said he didn't want that. Well, Prince said he didn't want the holographic duet. He was okay with the picture. Right. Well, I'm not sure he was okay. Well, he's dead now. I don't know if he would have been okay with the picture or not, especially from Justin Timberlake. But he said about the whole holographic duet thing, which had become big in music a while back. Is it still big, by the way? I have no idea. Uh, I think after Tupac, it kind of faded out. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> he said he said that is that whole holographic thing is some of the most demonic shit he's ever seen. He said he wants no part of that. Thank said if God. I was meant to jam with musicians of a particular era, I would have been born <laughs> in a particular era. God, I miss so that. So there's man. that. So as we come on the air tonight, and this is going to be a couple days. I don't know if I should give you current news on this because you're now stacked up for later in the week. We're taping several days early. Oh wow. Who am so, I behind? Who who's who's in the garage in front of me to get their front end alignment? Drew on Tuesday, Bob and Brian on Wednesday, and then you on Thursday. And I've taped all of these on Tuesday. Okay. And there's a lot of uh, see. This is now. I'm starting to realize. It's just a tough gig. To, well, I'm starting to realize how to structure the content on these, and that I've got to aim to be more evergreen with you, even despite the urge to talk about current things, because the current issues are going to change in 24, 48 hours. For example, as of Tuesday night, right before you and I logged on, Josh McDaniels stiffed the Colts for the head coaching job. He pulled a Belichick. He's like, yeah, no, never mind. How much of an asshole is he? Mega asshole. He can never get a job now. Nobody, you can't, you can't, he can never get hired unless he's the Patriots head coach. That's it. uh, There. Ding, ding, ding. He obviously has been given, I think, uh, I think, um, what's his name? Kraft talked him into, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. Okay, yes. Now, how great would it be, and again, this could all be old news by the time people download and listen on Thursday. What if, between this event and Thursday, Kraft fires Belichick, for how he fucked up on the Butler benching. Yeah, he which did. Which cost a Super Bowl. Yes. And how he, you know, well, of course, it would have been Kraft that would have acceded to Brady's demands to trade Garoppolo. Uh, so I guess that would not be on Belichick. But wouldn't that be great if he fired Belichick for that and said, you know what? Screw you. We're going with the kid. And how many teams would uh fall over themselves firing their current head coaches to get Belichick. I would fire Jay Gruden twice. I'd fire him once, have a press conference, and then bring him back like, oh, we're just kidding. You're still here. And he's like, really? And then go, no, you're fired again. Belichick, we're open for business. Come on down. Are you more angry at your team than you were before you went to Minnesota? Why would I be angry at my team, Jay? Well, it doesn't. (laughs) Why would I ever be angry at my beloved Washington Redskins? And and then I love, did you see the news two days ago that Scott McClellan has been hired by the Browns? Uh, And the Browns are going to have the greatest draft they've ever had now, and he's going to give a big F you to the Redskins? Well, uh, okay, a couple things. First of all, a monkey with a street and Smith flinging poo at the draft board could probably have a good draft sitting at one and four in the first round, and with three second rounders, I believe it's the Browns. Abe, don't say that. Hey, listen, how hard, how can you fuck that draft up? The Browns will. Okay. it's the Browns. Right. You keep right. you're overthinking. It's okay. the Browns. Okay. okay, that said, all right, um, McLuhan. Okay, maybe he's got a good eye for talent. Maybe not. I mean, this is the same guy who drafted Josh Doxson, who's not exactly lighting the world on fire. But every Dachshund fanboy says, Nelson Aguilar was the same way. He was slow coming along, and look how much better he is now with Philly. Hey, I'm not saying let's cut Dachshund. I'm just saying for a first-round pick, he hadn't done shit yet. He's caught six touchdowns and about 48 passes in two years. whoopity doo da day Is he, is he sober? He, he dra- Well, 
We'll get to that in a second. He okay. drafted Matt Jones in the third, fourth round, something like that. Thought did he was going to re- thought he was going to replace Alfred Morris. That did not work out. We're still chasing it running back. He drafted the runaway safety, Sua Crazy. <laughs> Stop it. That's <laughs> yes. my guy. Stop I, it. Yeah, whatever. Runaway safety. Come back, Sua. <laughs> come back. <laughs> That's my guy. Right. And now this year, you can't hang our second-round pick on on McLuhan, but the second-round pick of the Redskins, Ryan Anderson, linebacker from Alabama, basically didn't play for reasons that I'm not sure anyone understands. So, you know, these picks, uh, every, every GM, every personnel guy has hits and misses. I'm not worried about it. I don't think the Browns are hiring him either. I think they're paying for his scouting. Draft services. Right. Right, they're not going to bring him into the building so he can get drunk in the building and hang out. <laughs> they don't want that. They're just going to hire him as a consultant <laughs> and sleep with some and sleep with some beat writer. Uh, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Got to be careful on these Zabecasts, man. People listen. I said people, allegedly. People listen. Let me tell you something. I learned this today. People listen and they're tattletale bitches. They go running to the internet and they post shit on message boards and on places. Where they don't belong. Have you gotten like, hate like, mail about from stuff that I've said? Not okay. that I care. Not hate mail, but there are people that don't like you. Shocker. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you love being I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there. Uh, and then there's also just things that I want to communicate with my listeners one to one in this forum. But you can't because if something someone thinks is juicy, they'll go put it somewhere. And it could go, not viral, but semi-viral. Could get spread around. It could reach people. I'm actually kind of hoping something for Monday does reach somebody because I told the story of how my old boss and producer, Mark Jenskow, got Jimmy Johnson on the phone in 1994 at the Super Bowl in the middle of his dinner <laughs> on a payphone to do an interview with Ted Green. Of one-on-one sports in Chicago. One-on-one sports. One-on-one sports. <laughs> Time for your one-on-one sports flash. <laughs> I'm Steve Zabin. And then there would be literally, I think I think the sports flashes were three minutes long. And you gave every score under the sun, including Vancouver Canucks and the Toronto Maple Leafs, because <laughs> there was no internet in 94, Jay. So you had to do everything. It was like... We're a radio network. Here's the scores, all of them. And you rip through them one after another, after another, after another. Were you doing that for Artie Spangler? Is that right? He was there, Artie right? Spanier. Spanier. Artie sorry. Spanier. Not sorry. Spangler. Sorry. Spanier. Spanier. Exactly. Excuse me, Artie. I'm sorry. Yes, exactly. So, anyway, let's get to the Super Bowl itself. Yes. What'd you think? Uh, not the greatest game. <laughs> not the greatest game I've ever seen. Agreed. Very good game. Uh, if you are the Lions right now, you're going, we might want to rethink this Matt Patricia thing. Genius? Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> With that stupid grease pencil. No. Yeah. The grease pencil, which can't write on laminated play sheets, which is what he holds in his hand. Oh, which, by the way. He never did write, stop them. <laughs> <Never> no. <did. laughs> no, but the whole Malcolm Butler thing, that is the story of the Super Bowl because as they chronicle, you know, the writers are trying to piece this together. Nobody saw it coming. None of the insiders had it either. Oh, by the way. We don't know. We still don't know. Was he on weed? Was he late? Was he sick? Is it all the above? I, you pick all those things? I, He's still playing on Sunday under any rational coach in the world. 
if it wasn't something more than just weed, curfew, cussing out a coach, or having some hose in the room, even if it was all of those, Jay, don't you still play them? Yes. I mean, sit them for a quarter or a series and then play them. He's going to walk at the end of the year anyway. What are you, an idiot, Belichick? If I'm not mistaken, didn't Eugene Robinson play after getting busted with a hooker? He did. He played poorly. He got roasted on one of the first plays from scrimmage. But he still played. Rod Smith caught like a 70-yard bomb right over his head. As you see, Robinson running after him. Hell. Still played. Yeah. Yeah, still played. So, and, and, and as of Tuesday afternoon, Butler said on a social media post, that all the crazy rumors out there are totally untrue. He spent time only with his family, made all the practices, was cleared to play after being in the hospital for flu-like symptoms on Monday, and that you know he wasn't going to say anything further. So he's pretty much put the ball back in Belichick's court to explain, seriously, bro, what could have been so bad as to not play him at all? Okay, how bad does this tarnish the Belichick mystique? If you ask me, it's bad. It's really bad because here's what I want to hear. I want to hear that, oh, wait a minute, he got caught with Kraft's 35-year-old girlfriend. (laughs) Like, that would be the level of, okay, holy shit, he can't play now. Like, we've got to do something about that. Or he got caught handing a bag of money to a guy and yelling, put it all on the Eagles as he was getting on the team bus. Then I'd go, okay, holy shit, you can't play that guy. But short of that, this is... A coaching blunder for the ages, if you ask me. This deserves a 30 for 30 short or a full episode? Yes, narrated by Bill Simmons, guest narrator. Okay. So he can whine about the Patriots not winning their sixth. How about the Philly fan reaction in the streets afterwards? I I expected that. And I know you did not want them to win. And I've I've got a lot of fans, I mean, friends who are my cousin, is from Philly. Yep. I called him. He was crying like a woman. Well, of course. And you know what I said? You do deserve. Everybody deserves this once in your life to have your team win. Let Philly have this. Yeah, they, they're, they're every Philly fan I know, starting with Scott Lynn and going on to all the others. I've got no grudge with. I mean, no. they're, they're fine people. They're fine people. It's every other Eagle fan I don't know that I wish would die in a house fire or whatever the <laughs> saying is, or fall into an open manhole. <laughs> Or get swept away by a tsunami somewhere on a faraway island. But you know what? They, I think they did their best to try to kill a bunch of each other in that celebration on Sunday night. Jumping so. up on the Ritz-Carlton uh, awning? Yeah, well, they didn't grease it good enough. That's on the Ritz, man. They should have <sighs> known. Grease that sucker up. Anything that could be stood on, climbed on, hung from, you got to put a lot of grease on that. I, how about, how about the, the fans climbing the gates, the 30-foot-high gates? Of City Hall. Did you see that photo? I saw that also. <laughs> looked, like world, looked like World War Z. Wait a minute. The coup de gras. The guy who ate horse crap. Horse shit. You can say shit on I this I can podcast. say shit. Sorry. Yes. He ate horse shit, That's... which is, yeah. <laughs> and, and even though we no longer, as Redskin fans, can say, yeah, where's your trophy? How's that trophy case? Show me your rings as the ultimate argument stopper. Now that's gone, at least we can say, well, Eagle fans eat horse shit. Oh, no, we don't. Oh, I've got the video. See right here. It's a guy in an Eagle jersey being egged on to do it, and he did it, which says, you guys eat horse shit. But they're Uh, good, and they're going to be a problem going forward. So I believe 21 of their 22 women, 20 of their 
21 star. It's some ridiculous and everybody signed. I don't let, I'm not going to quote it cuz yes. like you said the internet will run and go, "Well, she no." Almost everybody is signed. That's what that's right. what I want to say. Right. They are, they are up against the cap and they'll have Thank to manage God. that. And Thank they God. also did give up. I think they're missing a couple of I think a second and a third this year because it was part of the trade up to go get Wentz. But they're going to be just fine. They get back a Pro Bowl left tackle, a Pro Bowl quarterback, and a Pro Bowl middle linebacker without lifting a finger. Now, next oh, year, and Carson Wentz got married this week too. I that saw that he got engaged. He got engaged. I saw that engaged. lovely picture. Isn't that Don't sweet? do it. Uh, hey. Um. By the way, Foles' wife is a real, real looker, so, man. Good Christian couple, though. So okay, don't start getting going. carried away. I thought you what? were going. She's a fine, fine. He's a fine Arizona kid. You don't think his wife is lovely? No, she is. Oh, no, okay. I, I, I didn't want. Why were you, Why were you stopping me? I just didn't want to say anything out of turn. <laughs> oh, okay. About by what the way, don't you Nick, like about Foles? I'd love no, no. Oh, Nick okay. Foles never has to buy any. He could take a thirty-year mortgage in Philly, and they go, you know what? Don't worry about it. Don't pay us back. We're <laughs> you're good. He didn't have to buy a meal ever. In Philadelphia again. He never places Rocky as the biggest sports icon. Here's what bothers me. So I've been hearing on various yak shows, what should the Eagles do with Nick Foles? What should the Eagles do with Nick Foles? You know what detail none of these entities ever says? What's his contract? Do you know what his contract is? Isn't he signed? He's signed. Two years? He's signed. He's on the books. His cap hit next year is $7.6 million. Really, there was a reason he was not good three years or two years ago. There's a reason. Do you trade him now while his stock is at the highest it will ever be and just get another patch backup guy to be there in case Wentz is not ready come I was going to say, what happens if Carson is not ready? You, so you, do you keep him until training camp and then let somebody else's quarterback get injured and go, here you go, here's Nick Foles? I'd trade him if you can get a second rounder for him. Is it also I'm not sure you you're could. In love with this Redskin backup. What? What's his name? What's the What's the Redskins? What's Kirk the Cousins? No. What, what What's What's the guy Scott that Scott McLuhan that the Redskins jettisoned? And you said, or is he? A, what's oh, his the, name? The backup, Nate Sudfeld. Yes. Yeah, Nate Sudfeld's currently on the roster for the Eagles. So you so is is he good enough to hold the fort until Carson gets better? I doubt it. Okay, so you got I got you got to keep him then. What if he only plays one game and loses that one like game? Like I said, you keep him until training camp and then the preseason. But, you if, got, if, but if you're, you're snug on the cap and you're selling at a high point. Well, it all depends on what you'd get for Foles. Let's, if you got a second, would you do it? Yes. Oh, second, if yes. You got, if you got a third, I got would a second you do and, it? If I got a second and a third? No. Not too much. You're not going to get that. That's crazy. No, no. Talk. If you just got a straight third, would you trade Nick Foles? I would trade Nick Foles for a third. No, lo- no lower than a third because a fourth is not worth it. How about a fourth and a seventh? No. No. Two fives? <laughs> a four and a six <laughs> to be named later. Would you believe? <laughs> no. Okay. I'd do a second and a third, and that's it. All right, on to the next topic. Kevin yes. Hart. Go. <laughs> Tell me Kevin Hart did not just earn emeritus douchebag status. He took, the, for he took the that from rest Drake. Of his life. Yes, he took that from Drake. Drake, if you remember, I cannot remember the year, but he tried to get into the Miami Heat locker room 
after a championship. Oh, really? And security was like, no. Denied. You're not, you're, yeah, denied. And this was as funny as that. Now, as I've said, there are two types of people in this world. People who like Kevin Hart and people who don't. <laughs> I am in the do not like Kevin Hart. Did you ever like Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart, now, he is funny and central intelligence with The Rock. Okay. I've never thought Kevin Hart was funny, but I've seen instances where he is. He has made me laugh. That was the funniest thing what, I've ever seen. What niche? Yeah, unintentionally funny. Unintentionally funny, yes. What niche in the spectrum of black comedians slash actors does Kevin Hart fit? Ooh. What What is Kevin Hart's game? What is his to be the 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 quick smiling, wise cracking, sort of tough talking, short guy who tries to punch above his weight but constantly gets reminded, "Look here, shorty." No matter how good your 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 game is verbally, sit down. He'll never be Chappelle. He'll never be Rock. He'll never get over those two. Okay. But he is, again, not my cup of tea. But he's probably third behind that, and that's not too bad. Being third in that in that uh, in that little equation. Is he better than Martin Lawrence? No, no. But Martin hadn't done anything in a while. He's not better than Eddie. He'd never no. All right, how about, how about our boy Roy Wood, better or worse? No, no Roy Wood's very funny. Roy no. Wood's funnier than Kevin Hart, but is not yes. as successful at this point. At, right, which not, I don't Could get change. Kevin Hart's appeal, but that's just me. I, okay. I don't get it. Like, he tells jokes that I go, eh, it's not that funny. Is he like the, uh, who's the guy, Dave, uh, what, the white guy who was just not funny but somehow forced his way into being successful? Comedian Dane Cook? Dane Cook, yeah, not Dane. Yeah, Dane oh, Cook. you are. The is Kevin Hart hit, the? Hit is, your ding. Hit your ding. ding. <laughs> hit your ding. That, so Kevin Hart's the Dane Cook yes. of black comics. Yes, I wow. again, again, not my cup OT, but I know people who love him. Okay, and but I don't. Okay, fair enough. And total douche move. And then he wanders onto the set of NFL Network and then drops an f bomb. Drops, you know, says, "Fuck, I'm drunk." Oh, I get him out of here. And then what does every sane person do? Then they go on Instagram and then tell why. By the way, still drunk, and then talk about what you did. Yeah. So, and I, I'm, I'm going to assume he's from Philadelphia. He's from, he is from Philly. Well, yes. there's at least that. Is Bradley Cooper from Philadelphia? Bradley Cooper is from Philly. Okay, and of course he was in Silver Linings Playbook where he played an Eagle fan. With Jennifer, with the scrumptious Jennifer Lawrence. Was that peak Jennifer Lawrence, that movie? There is no peak. No, she's still on an ascension. Really? I love Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. Even with all her lecturing about gender equity and uh, paying women the same. Turn the sound down. <laughs> Turn look at the her. sound down and look, look at her. her. Yes. But, but she's not, here's the thing, she's not a smoke show. She's not Margot Robbie. Whoa, she is a smoke show. She's what do you not. Mean? But you look at her metrics, her advanced metrics. <laughs> I'm talking about nose shape, eye spacing, <laughs> facial symmetry, body, height, weight, all the advanced metrics on her as being hot. She is not in Margot Robbie's category. They, we draft She's not. We, we, have, we have different draft needs. That's well, all well, I can say about well, this. Well, maybe she fits your scheme better. She, right, right. And that's fine if she's the one that fits your scheme the Again, best. Again, she, she may not work for you. She works for my squad. <laughs> I didn't say she didn't work for me. I'm just saying as a pure passer, there are better. But that's fine. Did you like her in all? What was your favorite uh, Jennifer Lawrence movie then? Probably Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. Yes, I was smitten by her because she movie. was because she was, was uh, sort of girl, vulnerable tough, yeah. and had problems. She was she was a drunk, wasn't she? Uh, n- was that her? Pro- Why did her and Bradley hook up? Well, he was a 
his wife had left him. And I can't remember. She was a neighborhood girl. That's what it was. Yeah. I neighborhood like, I girl. Love, I love Jennifer the Lawrence. Neighborhood girl old Jennifer Lawrence, right? Love Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, she's got a she's got a look about her. There's you no like my, you're a big do you like her do you like her blonde or you like her brunette? How do you like uh I'll take her any way I can get her. Oh, oh okay. So no preference. Doesn't matter. Then. Doesn't matter. Okay. Did you ever see Joy? The movie Joy? That movie was she's not that bad either. Not that bad. Yeah. Uh Hunger Games, all those. The series she all that did you see all that? How about I, her and how about her and X Men? Does that do it for you? All dressed up all as a dressed weird up, alien yes. lizard? She, but she's a good um, Winter's Bone. Good movie. Okay. How about, little, little, hard to, little hard to take, but how, a good movie. How about American Hustle opposite Shh, the equally smoked show is, Redhead Amy Adams? Amy Adams is nice. I saw Ricky Bobby the other night. I was like, I forgot so how. Good. Back when oh, she no. was innocent with her glasses and she was not quite a star in Ricky Bobby? Uh American Hustle might have been her peak. But she was such trash. She was a chain-smoking, trashy Jersey girl. Nothing with wrong with that. With the big hair. Oh, some, okay. people, some people like that. <laughs> That's some, again, everybody drafts differently. Okay. A- Amy Adams. Oh, she was, uh, what was on You're the You're saying she's hotter than Amy Adams? Yeah. Uh, see, now this is where you and I disagree. Amy Adams, though, again, uh, Charlie Wilson's War was on the other day. Oh, she's so cute and... A little hot in that one. A milfy hot with the glasses. Let me see here. Amy Adams, Wikipedia. I want to see how old she is. 34, I'm guessing? No, I think she's 40, bro. She's for, oh. 43, Amy Adams. Wow, okay. Wow. I like Amy I do like it. I do like Amy Adams, though. Jennifer Lawrence is 38, born okay. in 1990. And she does smoke. That's the downside. Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, she does smoke. Eh, tell her to chew some gum. <laughs> Tell her to give it five minutes so it's not all over her clothes and chew some gum. You'll be good to go. <laughs> Don't you think all actresses in Hollywood smoke I to remember keep the weight off? Our buddy Siciliano told me he was at a party with uh, Scarlett Johansson, and she, he said she smokes incessantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Britney Spears smoked <sighs> like a chimney. Still yeah, does, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. Uh, LeBron James. By this I, time, By the time people listen to this, he might have been traded – to the Washington Wizards. <laughs> I, I watched the game on Saturday. I had not I've not watched a full NBA game in a while. And I said, I'm going to watch the Rockets and Cleveland game. It All looked right. like the Washington Generals versus the Globetrotters. They are Cleveland, that is, is terrible. Terrible. They 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 play no defense. They have no offensive scheme. Uh Isaiah Thomas is horrible, even though he did have a good but he looks He's terrible. Hurt. He's he looks slow. Terrible. He's yes. hurt. He's no still lift on his be... jumper. Right. I mean, it just they are not a good team. So the latest is that LeBron apparently was lobbying to force the Cavaliers to rescind the trade once they found out that Thomas didn't pass the physical and force Kyrie Irving to come to camp, despite the fact he had said I want out, to I guess either get a better return in a trade, because there's a lot of big superstars that went places. Paul George could have theoretically come instead of Isaiah Thomas. Uh, but the trade but you know Kyrie kind of forced the hand on that. They didn't they didn't expect Kyrie would force his hand, but Kyrie said, "I'm getting out of here before LeBron leaves me holding the bag." What do you think happens in the now, off season? Uh, LeBron after, after LeBron, they lose after they lose in the second round. LeBron goes to the Lakers. Okay. What not do you think happens? Not the Clippers? No. Not the Rockets? Because LeBron is the Rockets. One, one for jumping on oh. somebody else's bandwagon. That, is that just... would be 
The Rockets would be Durant-esque, would it not? That, and that With CP3, Harden, and now yes. LeBron? I would like to see that because then it would be a crash course in the West, which would be awesome. So I hope that happens. The whole league is like that NBA Jams video game. You <laughs> it know, is, it just is, a it, bunch of two-man teams, two- or three-man teams with all stars on them. It's just AU basketball percent. It's just to a higher level now. I'm going to jump on your team because I want to win. How about now with Wall out, the Wizards are winning, and they're moving the ball around, and there's friction, especially between Gortat and Wall, because Gortat tweeted, great team win with team in all caps. And and apparently Wall has no use for that. No, he uh, no, I, he's going to punch Gortat when he gets back. John Wall <laughs> is, as we said a couple weeks ago, about that life. Is do he not, really? Do not mess with John Wall. No. North, North Carolina guy, though. Yeah, he's a little, he's a little street, though, a little hood. Okay. Yeah. But is that uh, is it dumb to ask? Are the Wizards better without him? Uh, they look. What are they? Uh, they look five, better for five, five games or, or six and one. The question is: Is is it sustainable? I mean, Wall's deficiencies are are known. Can't shoot. He's he's not a great shooter. He used to can't shoot. He's not a great shooter. You certainly don't give him the ball with the clock winding down in a tie game or down one and say, "Go win us the game." Because he doesn't have that reliable jumper. Although last year he hit a big shot to force a game seven against the Celtics. But there's nobody better going from coast to coast in the NBA. Correct. Maybe Kyrie. Maybe Correct. Kyrie. No, no, nobody, nobody better baseline to baseline. But he is a liability, uh, uh, a bit of a liability. He's not as good in the half court. He's average minus in the half court offensively. And defensively, he records a lot of steals and a lot of blocks. But in terms of actually keeping his man in front of him, not good. some would say not very good. There was a as a metrics uh, about how much he stands around and does nothing. In oh yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, he had like the second worst rating. Uh, it was the TSSOW. Did you know what that stands for? Time spent standing or walking. Okay, your Tissau. Okay, his Tissau rating was second only to forty nine year old Dirk Nowitzki, or <laughs> however old he is. <laughs> What do what do you want them what do you want them to do? Get rid Jesus. of John Wall? No, no, I don't want to get rid of John Wall. How far do they go in the playoffs? What will make you happy? You know what? When Wall went down, I said, "Oh, we are fucked. We're going to go 2 and 10 the next dozen." Then they've won 5 straight. They're looking better without him. If Wall comes back and integrates and they still play and they can keep playing a decent style and maybe Wall adjusts his game a bit, look at how the East is kind of collapsing. At least, you know, Cleveland's collapsing. So Boston's not. Boston's a little injured right now. Boston, right. Boston is, they're scrubbing some speed off of there. Toronto is up there, but they're not like a world beater. The East has never been more wide open than it is right now, which is why I was so mad at the Wizards early on. I'm like, you guys are blowing it. This was supposed to be a year you guys made a move, and you suck. Well, now they're starting to do something. NBA's going to get good here right after the All-Star break. I got a feeling. What if I told you I don't see... Uh, Golden State beating Houston. I would say that is that is a take that is not unreasonable. I'm going to use a movie analogy. Uh, Golden State is Rocky. Houston is Clubber Lang. Ooh, they are hungry. They looked really and and remember the Chris Paul and James Harden can't play together. How's that working out? Yeah, they play together pretty well. It's working out really good. But yes. my the last thing I remember of James Harden in the playoffs was one of the worst performances anyone has ever seen at home in an elimination game six. 
He was he either had money on the other team, was drunk or high or one of the, one of the three. Because he played so bad, he had like seven turnovers in the first half, he was and like, he just quit. Like, and then after the game, he went to a strip club. It's like, bro, what are you doing? Like Space Jam, uh, the 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 aliens took over his body. He was I that bad. Guess so. He was as bad as when LeBron found out that your boy was sleeping with his mom. Oh, <laughs> allegedly, no. allegedly, exactly right. <laughs> Okay, let's wrap this up today. You know, Jay, this is your favorite segment, don't you? Yes, I do. Here we go. Cue it up. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Time for FTG for the week. And Jay, who is your FTG for the week? Our first female. Uh-oh. F. Fuck that girl. Fuck that, fuck that girl. Monique. Okay. The comi- still Monique. running her yap. Still I thought running. she was your girl. But I got to call you out if you're being stupid. She today, she's blamed something, someone else on her career. And the comedian Gary Owen. Have you seen, do you know who Gary Owen is? No. White comedian who plays to a lot of black audiences. He's, <laughs> but he's extremely funny. He Gary called her out. Owen. Gary Owen. Okay. Gary Owen. He's funny as hell. Uh, Monique called out the producer of Think Like a Man and Girls Girls Trip, and he, you know, she she said that she, he's the reason that her career. She blames everyone but Monique for fucking her career off. <laughs> so Monique, I have to say this now: fuck that girl, okay? Because you're fucking your career up, not anybody else. It's you. All right, I'll give my fuck that guy to Josh McDaniels. You can't just say, sure, I'll coach the Colts. And then find out that Andrew Luck's shoulder is still like a bowl of spaghetti and that you've gotten a better deal from Bob Kraft at the last minute. That's not cool, man. Fuck that guy, McDaniels. I hope he fails again in New England. All right, that'll do it for this week. Anything else to add on the way out the door, Jay? Uh, I would like you to watch All Eyes on Me, the Tupac movie. I said, that was on like two weeks ago, and I said, i got to tell Zabin to watch that. All right, I, I can do that. Not a problem. I'll put it on the list. Meanwhile, follow Jay on Twitter at jcatrell34. There you go. All right, Jayco, good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you, Zabe. See you next week. We'll leave you with this. 2017 is going to go down as the year of the great emotional support pet wars of the not-so-friendly skies. Last week, there was a story of a woman who was denied boarding with her emotional support, Peacock. The airlines finally said, enough on this long long article I read in the New York Times talked about how pretty soon or they said that as flyers began to realize that it didn't take much to get your pet classified as an emotional support pet and for them to be able to fly with you for free on an airplane all it took was like a simple note from a doctor sometimes a diagnosis you could get online As soon as more and more people realized, hey, this is possible, pretty much everybody started to game the system. And it was an interesting case study, uh, unintentional case study, in how once a certain level of law-breaking gains steam, there's no stopping it. And people will not rely on their better angels or their better instincts or just good Samaritanism and say, I could do this, but I'm not going to do this because that would be shitty, even though person A, B, C, D, E, they're all doing the same thing. So it got to the point where all these exotic animals were flying, including what almost was a support peacock. 
it, you can't make this stuff up. It read like a story from the Onion. Thankfully, the airline said no. So there's a bigger pushback going on now, and it's resulted in this story, which ended a lot worse than just the woman with the peacock being told to turn around and go home. It resulted, if you believe the story, and I still want to hold out, I want to hold out some element of it may or may not be true entirely. It led to the story of a college student, one Balen Aldecosia, 21 years old, of Miami Beach, Florida, who was flying Spirit Airlines, which is one of the most savagely awful airlines to ever take off from a runway in North America. I mean, I think they charge you to go to the bathroom. I kid you not. They are a ruthless discount airline that makes no bones about, hey, you're flying somewhere for $79. Shut the fuck up, get on the plane, and be lucky you're on. Apparently, Spirit Airlines, uh, this woman, Belen Aldecosia, called Spirit and said, I'm, I need to be flying with my dwarf hamster pebbles. It's my emotional support hamster. Is this going to be okay? Spirit said, no problem. No problem, woman. Bring your hamster. Come on. That's what they said on the phone. Shockingly, when she arrived at the airport, the gate agent, not the one that she had talked to on the phone, and they saw her pet hamster and said, uh, no. Because a lot of people are freaked out by small rodents, by mice and rats and squirrels and chipmunks. I don't think they're rodents, but you get my point. Any little creepy, crawly things that go fast. You know, it's the old cliche of the housewife that jumps up onto a table when she sees a mouse. Some guys, I know, are the same way. Mice don't freak me out. Not that I'm a super tough guy. It's just, uh, you know, whatever. I realize these mice are running away from me. They always run away from you. So the airline said, no, you can't fly with it. Problem was, she said, this woman said that her family was in Florida. Her friends were hours away. Tried to rent a car. Couldn't. She was too young. Don't know why she couldn't have gotten an Uber back to where she had come to give it to a friend. Instead, she said, she ended up flushing the hamster down the toilet in the airport terminal. Wow. She said she cried for 10 minutes in the stall. Was devastated. The PETA has issued a statement saying it's barbaric. PETA says that any airline's person personnel that suggested that she flush it down the toilet should be charged with what crime I have no idea she said she thought about letting it free outside but was worried it was going to freeze it probably would have probably would have froze might have gotten run over by the tires of a 767 or might have been eaten by a snake that was hiding out inside the luggage carousel in the airport who knows You know, it's all circle of life. I still want to call a little bit of bullshit on this because however she got to the airport with her hamster, there should have been a way, even at the point of grand inconvenience, to miss her flight, incur some cancellation charges. She could have saved her hamster's life by taking an Uber back to wherever she went or to a pet store or a cab or something. 
That'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Leave a positive review. Call your congressman. Demand more funding for this podcast. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, and more. And for the guy who keeps asking about why isn't this on Stitcher, I don't know, man. I signed up through Libsyn. It gets pooped out to about 50 different places. Stitcher is apparently not one of them. Sorry for that. You're going to have to adjust. Have a great day, everybody, and we will see you next time.